Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners first-hand insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll learn, read, and make comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Gray. Before we start, I want to recognize all the people that helped make this show happen. Megan Pickman, Program Director. Matt McCoy, Production Manager. Tom Woods, Editor. Tammy McClure, Researcher. Arwen Dover, Digital Manager. Madison Monroe, Writer. Gray McCoy, my co-host. And Zach, our technician, who'll be running the board today. If for some reason you miss any part of today's show or want to hear it again or share it, there's a way, and Gray will tell you how. Listen to all UIYB past and present interviews by going to flagandbanner.com and clicking on Radio Show. Podcasts are always available and also listen and all listening platforms by searching Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Did you know you can also sign up for our Water Cooler Weekly? a once-a-week email that notifies you of our upcoming guests, as well as all the happenings at Dreamland Ballroom, the upcoming sales at flagandbanner.com, relevant links to Brave Magazine articles, and Carrie's current blog post. All that in one weekly email. Or you may simply like flagandbanner.com's Facebook page for timely notifications. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. This show, Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began as a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, my team and I thought it would be this easy, informative, once-a-week interview with a successful people, but boy, oh boy, were we wrong. We found that this show has had a wide audience appeal that our listeners are inspired by our guests and their stories, that the content is informative to everyone, not just business owners, and that the show's webpage at Up In Your Business has become a resource for links to content that we discuss on this show. After interviewing over 100 successful people, I've learned there's a common thread among my guests. They are all creative, most believe in a higher power, thus making risk-taking easier, and they are all good communicators with the heart of a teacher. My guest today, Ann McCoy, has created a life that most of us just dream about. Before retiring, Ann was the Special Assistant Deputy Social Secretary and Director of Personal Correspondence to none other than President Bill Clinton. Born in Little Rock, Arkansas, student at both Little Rock Central High School and University of Arkansas, and lived what would appear to be a typical life of wife and mother of three. So how did this suburbia mother come to live in Washington, D.C. and be the special assistant and personal correspondent for the most powerful man in the world? Well, we're here to tell you today, and we're going to follow her career path up and through the 21st century. Oh, and did I mention... She's my mother-in-law. Yes, Ann McCoy is my mother-in-law. It is a pleasure and a privilege to welcome to the table a strong, genteel Southern woman, the worldly and always gracious, my mother-in-law, Ann McCoy. <laughs> She's pointing at me. Hey, Ann. Hello, mother. Hello, mother. <laughs> you went to Central High School around the time of Central High Crisis. You went to college at the University of Arkansas and pledged Pi Phi. You married and had three children, one of whom passed away from cancer at the age of 15, and you're now an active CARTAS supporter. As your children grew, you became a successful realtor for Buter Gibson Agency and part of the Million Dollar Club. And there's more. Let me change pages. When your daughter, right out of college, took a job as Chelsea Clinton's nanny, you volunteered at the governor's mansion and eventually was offered the job as mansion administrator. In 1992, you followed President Bill Clinton to the White House. And before retiring, you did a short stint at Heifer International Headquarters in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. What a life. Are you proud of yourself? I just have to say I'm very fortunate. I loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm. Last time you were on the show, this is the second time I've interviewed you. The last time you were on the show, we talked about you meeting and marrying your husband of 60 years and about the life as an Air Force wife. But we did not talk about you living in California. 
Did you grow up in California? Were you born in Arkansas? I was born in Arkansas, and at age five, my family moved to Long Beach, California. We lived on Ocean Boulevard, just walked down the steps to the beach. We were there for six years and absolutely loved living in California. We did move, and we were there at uh, Belmont Shore for four more years. It was a wonderful place to grow up. Uh, we could swim on Christmas Day if we wanted to. <laughs> there were flowers all the time. People were so friendly and so helpful. It was a wonderful place to grow up. I was 15 and my brother was 17, a senior in high school, when my father came home one day and said, you know, California is just moving along too fast. We've got to take these children back to Arkansas. Well, of course, my brother nearly fainted. <laughs> it was very hard on him. We did come back to Arkansas. Jess and I were both at uh, Little Rock Central High School, and uh, we both adjusted beautifully, and we're so thankful that we did come back to Arkansas. Your mother, your your mother was from Arkansas. Your father was from Arkansas. Yes. Why did they move to California? Well, it was during the war. Where the war, we we went out in forty one, and um, he, my father was working uh, in, with the Defense Department, and it was just an opportunity. Mm -hmm. He followed a job. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you moved back. You go to Central High School. Had the uh, Central High crisis happened yet? No. Oh, no. Uh, it happened right after we left, or my brother and I both. Mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, I graduated in 54, and it was 57. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we didn't experience that. Now, I have to admit, coming back to Arkansas from Long Beach, and at that time, Long Beach, California, was very... Uh, it was not very highly populated, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a change for me to come back to a segregated state. Mm -hmm. I don't have any objection about it, but it was just a change. Because California was not. And well, Long Beach was not. Los Angeles certainly was. But uh, Long Beach was a smaller community. And So you went off to college at the University of Arkansas and pledged Pi Phi. Yes. But how did you meet your husband? Grady was stationed at the Little Rock Air Force Base. I was working at the Arkansas Industrial Development Commission. One of the... So you'd already graduated from college? Well, I didn't graduate. Oh, okay. I you'd already decided... Mm -hmm. I, I went for two years, and I was in business school. One of eight girls in business school, which was a lot of fun, but <laughs> I didn't want to be uh, an uh, uh, accountant economist or uh, something along that line so i thought well i'm going to drop out for one year and think about what i want to do i worked at the arkansas industrial development commission a very interesting uh opportunity one of our one of my friends at work uh was dating grady mccoy and she asked me if i would go out with his friend of course i didn't know grady at the time at all and um i said, well, I'll go, I'll go. Uh, we went out, and Grady and I kind of liked each other right the first evening we saw each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, however, it was a little while later that we ended up getting together. And, and then I went to California for the summer, and when I came home, he went to Sacramento. And then he came home uh, months later and uh, asked me to marry him, and we got married. Now, we corresponded a lot. Mm-hmm. But you don't talk on, didn't talk on the phone back in that time like they do now. Because mm -mm. you had to pay by the minute. <laughs> and there was no Skype. There's no Facebook time. So you really, I think that's interesting about your generation and my mother's generation. You don't, you didn't really know people when right. you married them. That's true. That's true. I remember my mother saying, well, I didn't have sex before I got married. And I said, mother, you dated him three months. <laughs> I didn't well, have sex with the guy I was dating for the first three months either. <laughs> you know? well, they, that 
That's very true. But I think in a way, I've thought a lot about it, and I really think it was good because we were really getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were kind of on our best behavior, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you moved back here. Uh, Well, you traveled with your husband, I think, while he was in the Air Force. You traveled everywhere. We not everywhere we were uh went out to oklahoma small air base Uh that uh they were so wonderful and friendly to me i felt like i had joined a family then we went to the largest air force base wright patterson in ohio and that was quite an experience we enjoyed that grady was a radar navigator on b-52 bombers and that is a a situation where they would live at the base, I would say, uh, every other month for a week because they were on alert. And then, of course, during the week, they had all of these missions they would fly and learn more about what they were doing. Um, it was it was a situation where Grady never intended to stay in the Air Force. He was in ROTC and joined the Air Force. Um, but he was ready to go on and do something else, mm-hmm. which we did, mm-hmm. and it worked out very well. So you came back to Little Rock, and I, like I tell him, I'll tell my listeners again that I've interviewed Anne already, so I kind of got the lay of the land on this. You came back to Little Rock, and you and Grady began to sell real estate for Peter Gibson Realty, and you were in the Million Dollar Club. Yes. Back when the Million Dollar Club really, really meant something. Um, right. And that's when you met President, or at the time, Governor Clinton. Governor Clinton. Actually, um, and I had, we had always supported and voted for them, but um, I didn't know him. So it was kind of neat when the first introduction was an honor for me. And, and then later on, of course, our daughter worked for them. We got to know them, and then they asked me to be the administrator. It was absolutely the most delightful situation. Nothing to compare with the White House exactly, but I got to know all the people in Arkansas. I, um, uh, Hillary worked at the Rose Law Firm. The governor was at the Capitol. So I handled most of the events uh, that we had, which were fundraisers, organizations would meet there, um, at all the, the various the things at the I would hand it all at the governor's mansion, and then Hillary would always come in a little later on and visit, visit around with whoever was there. I managed the staff, very small staff, and um, we had. Uh, I remember we had five uh, Class A inmates from the Cummins prison, prison farm, and actually they lived on Roosevelt. They worked uh, inside and outside, and that was an interesting, a new experience for me. But they were excellent workers, and they all got out <laughs> eventually. Mm-hmm. The uh, the um, the security guards were state troopers that were there on site at the governor's mansion, so you never felt threatened. Oh no, because no. there was a wing to the governor's mansion that was full of state troopers. Well, yeah. not full, but there was always a state trooper. Always, one always state trooper, yes. Um, all right, I think this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Ann McCoy. We'll hear about life at the Arkansas Governor's Mansion, the behind-the-scenes story and preparations for moving into the White House. You're not going to want to miss this. And if we have time, she'll talk to us about all the movie stars and world leaders she accommodated while working for the Clinton administration. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting with door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. And now, a third of their sales comes through the internet. This past year, Flag and Banner added another internet feature, live chatting. Over time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge has grown. As early as 2004, she began sharing her knowledge in her weekly blog. In 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, and in 2014, Brave Magazine, a biannual publication. Today, she has branched out into podcasts, Facebook live stream, and YouTube videos of this radio show. 
Each week, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of business and t- businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. If you would like to ask Carrie a question or share your story, send an email to Carrie at flagandbanner.com or send her a message on flagandbanner.com's Facebook page. Telling American Stories, Selling American-Made Flags, theflagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Ann McCoy, whose career includes mansion administrator for the Arkansas governor, Bill Clinton, and personal assistant and correspondent to President Bill Clinton. Before the break, we talked about her living in California, and she says it was not crowded, and it was lovely and friendly, hard to believe. And then it's, as uh, high school students, uh, her dad picked him up, moved him back to Little Rock, lucky for us, and... Uh, she then uh, traveled around as an Air Force wife to her new husband, and then moved back to Little Rock and became a realtor. What? 69. In 69. Became a realtor, very successful, and met Bill Clinton shortly thereafter. So you met Bill as a, when you were a realtor because you were in the Million Dollar Club. Yes. What was he doing? How'd you meet him? It was a lar- large event downtown. And he was giving out the awards to all of those, <clears throat> excuse me, who had made the Million Dollar Club. He was up on the stage and call out your name and go up there and shake his hand. It was it was well done, and and he was of course delightful. It's the first time I, I don't know that a governor has handed out the awards. I honestly don't know what they've done the last number of years, but I think it was the first time a governor had handed out the awards. But uh, then Hillary uh, called me later on and asked if I would be interested in talking to her about the position of the administrator. Mm-hmm. I went to her office, and we had a good conversation. Um, they asked me if I would start, which I did almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Had very, very little information about everything. Kind mm-hmm. of had to learn on the job. But I just really threw myself into it and loved it. It was great. And uh, you went from selling real estate. And I, I, I knew you at this time, Ann, but I can't put the pieces together in my mind, the timeline. Did Reed get sick and pass away while you were selling real estate or while you were the mansion administrator, your son? While I was selling real estate. So you were selling real estate. And Becky, your daughter, was the nanny for Chelsea. Yes. And I remember you were volunteering to 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 do tours of the of the um, of the governor's mansion, and you know got to work alongside your your daughter and everything, real sweet. And Reed became sick, and I remember the Clintons coming to the hospital room. Oh my lands! They came often, and they sent flowers and. Now we were not we were in and out of the hospital, Reed and Reed and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um but they were so involved and caring. It was it was just grand. Now I had no idea at that time of any possibility of working for them. I certainly wasn't thinking about that at the time, but um I think that uh it was a good way to get to know them and to see perhaps someone under stress handling a situation mm-hmm. in some ways i remember thinking when they offered you that job that this was like another door opening one door closes and another door opens oh absolutely absolutely so, so hillary calls you up because the and mansion administrator has decided to retire or yeah. to quit or to move on or something and they're looking for someone and you just popped into their mind and yeah. you took the job right and on the I spot. And I took the job. I did. I did. So what was the very first thing you did when you got there? And what did you think it was going to be like? Well, I really didn't know. Even though I had been around, I uh, had not managed a staff. That was a small staff. Um, I had to plan, of course, all of the meals, uh, any functions that we did have. I did all of the planning and arranging uh, and checked out everything with Hillary. Everything was checked. Um, also, we had people who would ask to have events there. And for about the first year, 
I would get all the information, present it to Hillary, and she would decide if they would come or not. And then all of it, she came down one day and she said, Ann, she said, no, we've been at this long enough. And she said, I just want you to make the decisions. You know who can come here and who can't. So from then on, for the, for the next seven years, I would make the decisions. We had situations where people wanted to have their uh, wedding picture made on the steps at the governor's mansion. Well, we couldn't do that. I mean, we would have been overwhelmed. So thankfully, uh, she and I talked about it, and I said, I just think if we started, it would be very difficult to stop, which it, we never started. But um, she and I had a good rapport, but it was businesslike. And um, I think that was another good thing. Why? Uh, the um, Why was that good? Well... Why is it good to keep things on a business level? Well, because it just keeps them clean. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're not, you know, not uh, telling all your problems to someone or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that's sometimes hard to do when you see people on a day-to-day basis to not get too personal about everything. Well, of course, I realized that she had a very responsible job. Certainly, the governor did, and um, they they both traveled a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, around the state but um it really it worked out really well i mean what was your favorite part what was your favorite part about working for the governor's mansion meeting people or planning the parties or working closely with people and seeing or working closely with those powerful people and seeing how business worked and how things went what was the what was the what do you think about it what do you think about as being your favorite memories my favorite memories were privilege of meeting so many people throughout Arkansas. They were generally people who were involved in something good, some uh, fundraiser function or uh, award ceremony. Uh, We had uh, a a time where all of the all of the um, high-level students from schools all over the state and their families would come to the governor's mansion for a day and of course we it it ran the entire day because we had so many people they would come through and have their picture made with the president we had refreshments on the lawn he was the governor oh the pardon me the The governor governor. and um it was interesting because uh bill clinton never forgets anything i know that's really weird and uh, he would uh they would introduce themselves, and he said, "Oh yes, I know so and so. Now is he your uncle, or is he your, you know, your father's brother, or what have you?" He knew the majority of the students' family members uh, the whole way through. It was just it made them feel so good. Yeah, it's really- I bet he did. Um, so you were with the. It's it's time that he's decided he's going to run for president. What was it like during that time when he was thinking, "I'm going to run for, I'm going to run for, I'm going to run for the presidency"? Well, I have to say, when we first heard it, and we were in the kitchen talking, and um, there were a couple other people in there, and and I said, Governor Clinton, if you can just look enough people in the eye and shake their hand, you'll be president of the United States. He has a gift of remembering people making them feel like that 30 seconds is the best thing that happened to them Mm -hmm. it was the most exciting time running there was a lot of going on at the governor's mansion he ran the campaign of course from arkansas which most people do not do from their home state i'll fast forward to the election mm-hmm. and of course and i have to admit they were in and out of town traveling all over the united states mm-hmm. and part of my job was helping hillary get her clothes together what she was going to wear and take and then of course chelsea we haven't missed chelsea she's the best thing ever happened to him mm-hmm. and um so i was uh having a lot of Got to do with Chelsea, and there were others that were helping also. But um, when they when the election night came, 
there were very few of us in the house at the governor's mansion. And President Clinton, Governor Clinton, as you recall, about ruined his voice talking too much. James' son, Dr. James' son, told them that if he didn't go to the room and not talk for the entire evening, you wouldn't be able to accept it if he won mm-hmm. or decline. I was running back and forth upstairs. We sequestered him in the living room upstairs. I was taking him hot tea with honey. And he called Ann at one point, and he said, Ann, I think I need some more tea. So I went up. This was later in the evening. And I saw him on the phone. I thought, ah, he's not supposed to be talking. So he finished his conversation. At that point, I realized what was going on. And it was President Bush uh, conceding the election to him. Mm. So he said, I, I just said, I'll run get Hillary. And I did. I ran down. So you were again. with Clinton when he found out? Yeah. Wow. When are you going to write a book? Well, it's it's under construction. Uh, 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 you've been saying that. How long has it been? He was he was out of office uh, during what year? What year? Twenty first uh, two thousand and one. He was out of office. So two thousand was his last. So that's eighteen years. You've been saying you were going to write a book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's never going to happen. Well, I tell you, I've given a lot of talks in Little Rock, and mm-hmm. I am uh, going to take all that information mm-hmm. and try to put it together for my grandchildren. That's good. Uh, doesn't the doesn't the University of Arkansas at Little Rock have a lot of, uh, or not at Little Rock, University of Arkansas, they'll have a lot of your memorabilia? Yes, and I'm preparing more to go, and it's hard to let go of some of it. <laughs> I bet. Uh, yeah. Uh, you started working at the governor's mansion, maybe when Chelsea was three. Yes. And you worked with her for 16 years. So she was 18. You grew up with Chelsea. Or I did. Chelsea grew I did. up with you, I should say. Yeah. And um, tell us about her. She's precocious as she seems, just smart as a whip. Absolutely. All of that. Now, she was uh, a, a very loving child. And the Clintons didn't have a lot of outside uh, partying going on well they didn't have any time no they didn't have time you're right but and so on the weekends for instance uh, or in the evenings they would all just gather together and have dinner and they played cards or games and they played to win i don't care whether you're <laughs> playing with a three-year-old or a 10-year-old so chelsea of course learned from them she also was around adults a lot and um she knew how to behave now i have to admit one time she was at school and they called the governor's mansion from school and said uh chelsea just got in a fight with a little boy and i said oh so uh i i called hillary and probably couldn't even reach her but uh so i said well, i'll be right over to pick her up and some little boy had made a comment about her father as governor that she didn't like. She always defended him. Mm-hmm. But then the flip side, one afternoon Chelsea came home. She was probably about nine. And she often would bring a little girlfriend with her after school and they'd play. She um, uh, jumped out of the car, ran over to the flagpole in the front yard, knelt down, And then she got up and she ran back to the car. And the friend said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm saying a prayer for those who were killed in the uh, spacecraft. Oh. And, uh, but that was Chelsea. And then she went on to play. But um, another, I want to tell a... um, a story about Chelsea at the White House. Okay. Is it time? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we had uh, so many social events at the White House. Hillary and the president felt it was very important to get people together, diverse groups of people, education, uh, health care, uh, uh, all kinds of politicians, and mix them up at events. We did a lot of that. And we also had 
the military. One evening, we had the military in the dining room, the red room, the blue room, and the green room. They were all in their formal uniforms. It was a beautiful evening. The Marine Band was playing music in the Grand Foyer. And Chelsea was taking, uh, she was 13. She was taking ballet at the Washington Ballet. And she came downstairs barefoot in her shorts and T-shirt. And she said, Ann, what's going on? And I said, well, I explained to her who the people were visiting and for dinner. And she walked over to the band, waved to them. They were just crazy about her. And then she proceeded to pirouette the full length of the cross hall and back, complete with the somersault, and then went upstairs. Good night, Ann. <laughs> now, it, at 16, she stood poised by herself at the entrance to the dining room in the, at the White House, uh, receiving 120 of her ballet uh, friends and students and their mothers for a tea. Now, I also think that she was more poised than her father when they walked down the aisle to marry Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a small wedding, and, uh, and I think uh, Chelsea said, Mom, you're not making the guest list. I'm making the guest list. Is that not right? <laughs> and Chelsea put you on the guest list, and you got to go. Oh, absolutely, yes. It was, it was fabulous small what's it what state it was wasn't it wasn't so it wasn't that small, small. no I well wouldn't. i mean not that small, 400 small. <laughs> oh well that's not particularly big for uh you know you're right it you're right is it it wasn't that's probably how many my daughter had not really but mm. she did have a she could have <laughs> she could have yeah um that's a great story this is a great place to take a break when we come back we'll continue our conversation with ann mccoy and making the move to the white house we are going to get to it we'll learn some interesting trivia about the white house the movie stars that visited and the day arafat and rabin signed the oslo peace accord on the white house lawn i want to remind everyone after each show's airing a podcast is made available on all popular listening sites and youtube flagandbanner.com is proud to sponsor up in your business with carrie mccoy TheFlagandBetter.com is so much more than a flag store. Housed in a 100-year-old building in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, we offer an old-school shopping experience with free front door parking, friendly clerks, and department store variety. Memorial Day is Monday, May 27th. Hurry in to get your grave markers and miniature flags to honor and remember those who sacrificed their lives for our freedom. And right around the corner is the 4th of July. Now is the time to decorate your home for the patriotic season. Freshen up your front porch with bunting, full fans, and flags. Bring your old flag in and receive $5 off a new one. We also have clothing, jewelry, gifts, party supplies, dishware, and more. Add a pop of color to your walkway with our seasonal garden banners and door hangers. Can't make it downtown? Don't worry, the internet never closes. You can always browse our website 24-7 and live chat during office hours with customer service representatives that are eager to help you. And if online shopping isn't your thing, call our customer service experts. Available by phone six days a week. Quality products, expert service, outrageous support. TheFlagandBanner.com. So much more than a flag store. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Ann McCoy, whose career includes mansion administrator for Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton and personal assistant and correspondent to President Bill Clinton. Before the break, we talked about Ann's life in California. We talked about her life in the Air Force, as an Air Force wife. We talked about selling realty. We talked about the governor's mansion. And now we're going to talk about the White House. So Bill has accepted the presidency it what happens next i bet it is a flurry at the governor's mansion what do you have to do to get ready to go makeup makeup (laughs) we got everybody all dressed ready to go there were very few people at the governor's mansion we all rushed out to the motorcade we had of course the full tilt motorcade Mm -hmm. we were escorting the president of the United States to the Almost. to the to the old state house <laughs> to make his acceptance speech. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. We got in the motorcade. We were heading down Broadway, and just as we got to the Broadway Bridge, up on the bridge, we could see the Worthen Bank Building lit up 
with Bill mm-hmm. on the whole side, as big as you could get. And of course, it was it was huge downtown at the old State House Convention Center. Uh, there were they said there were about fifty thousand people crammed into that little area. Yeah. Were you backstage when he walked out? Were you back behind? No, 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 no. I was at front. You were when he walked out of the uh, old state house. Old state house. No, I was mm-hmm. at front seated, and um, but you were in the motorcade with him going down. Oh yes, so excited. Yes, that was that was very exciting. First time, my first motorcade trip. Um, I bet. I bet you've had a lot since then, though. So uh, he's accepted the speech. Anything? Anything extraordinary we need to talk about? about that did he ever go to sleep that night or could you ever sleep after an event like (laughs) that when i didn't stay (laughs) uh i doubt it i i would not doubt uh that he stayed up pretty much all night thinking about it Mm -hmm. and making plans Mm -hmm. i mean you know he was already it's interesting because even when you know the uh, election is going to be november and you know there's a possibility that you might be putting people in office in January, there's a huge amount of work that goes on before November mm-hmm. because you've got you've got to get lined up. Whether you win or lose, they line up all the people they'd like to ask. And that was another interesting thing. Uh, he ha- interviewed his cabinet secretaries, heads of departments, and so forth at the governor's mansion. And I was asked to greet them and visit with them until their interview which was delightful i met so many of of uh, the members and then when we got to the white house i would welcome them in and we felt like old friends Mm -hmm. it really made a difference it was really special so i've been teasing everybody that about what happens about moving into the White House after the inauguration. So we're running, we're going to run out of time, I'm afraid. So we're going to have to talk about you're at the inauguration. Uh, I was sitting next to you. Uh, we were watching his acceptance speech, or I don't know, his inaugural speech, I mean. And uh, you jump up and you go, I've got to go get, get, get the White House ready. Well, we, had, we took a small bus, uh, 15 people. And uh, I had prepared in Little Rock boxes uh, with instructions of what room they would be, they would go in and what drawers they'd be placed in. So we rushed over to the White House. Um, Two huge vans were parked on the South Lawn. Secret Service would not let us get into them or bring them in until they totally secured it. So the White House gave all 15 people a complete tour of the White House, which was wonderful. Um, we managed uh, to get everything in place for them to dress by 5 o'clock because they were walking in the parade after the inauguration. So 5 o'clock, they entered the house, and we had everything in, re- in, in place and then we all rushed to dress for the balls. But it was nice that night. Chelsea had five girlfriends from Little Rock spend the night. And the White House prepared a White House scavenger hunt. So they had a wonderful time. And the staff of the White House stays from president to president to president, right? Oh, yes, yes. There are 98 permanent staff at the White House. And they are experts in transition they literally seem to drop all they've known before and say, this is the family. What is it you would like to have us do? And it's done. Talk about gracious. Oh, yeah, they are. They're terrific. Um, now, it's interesting because Hillary had visited the White House, um, and I had visited three times before we went up. Um, President Clinton had never been in the private quarters upstairs. So he was like a kid. He was so excited to see it. And it took him a while to get around to everything, you know. But uh, it, it really was a fabulous experience. So if the White House staff is, is permanent, when it came time to have estate dinners, did they tell you how to do it? No. 
<laughs> they said, how would you like to have it done? And you said, I don't know, tell me. No, 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 no. <laughs> we kind of um, said we had had enough knowledge. We had a little bit of knowledge about we'd read a few things about steak dinners and that type of thing. So we kind of knew what to do. But the first lady chooses the crystal, the china, the silver, uh, the flowers, tablecloths. Now, what they do, the florist would dress a table, so to speak. She dressed three tables, actually. And then Hillary would come down and look at it and choose what she wanted or rearrange it or do things like that. Mm. The Clintons were also very um, conscious, as I mentioned before, about seating guests. Uh, husbands and wives did not sit together. Mm -hmm. Each table had a, a diverse group of people because they wanted people to exchange ideas which they did, and people love to talk about what they know, and, uh, and they make friendships. Mm -hmm. it, uh, we always had, of course, uh, Congress. Congress was always well represented. So we hoped that they would pick up ideas that they would hear from people. How many state dinners did you have, do you think? We had 30 over the eight years. And just as a comparison, Ronald Reagan had 54. So... It just varies. It varies. But, you, but you had more visitors visit the White House. Probably. Oh, lands, yes. There again, uh, the Clintons wanted, uh, there were so many opportunities to bring people together. Uh, WIDA, uh, Washington Educational Television, has their uh, uh, show filmed at the White House. I think they still do. We had wonderful performances, but it was a grand opportunity to bring people together uh, for a reception and then go in and watch the show. Um, we had um, the wonderful event for the 200th anniversary of the Lewis and Clark exhibition. Ex exhibition. Uh, 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 yes. Yeah, what am I Expedition. Thank you. <laughs> we need a linguist over here. Get our souls in the right um, place. It was, uh, it was really exciting because we had it in the very room where it was planned and agreed upon in the East Room of the White House 200 years before. Oh, that's just wonderful. And Ken Burns, uh, of course, made a documentary on it. But we did a lot of things uh, like that. So you had Arafat and Rabin uh, sign the peace accord. Yes. How it, exciting was that? Well, it was terribly exciting, and uh, it's something that every president has, of late, has worked on diligently. Uh, that that day was exciting for me because uh, at first I greeted President Bush at the North Portico, and he came in. He had not been back to the White House since he lost and he was greeting the staff and greeting the secret service as we walked across the rose garden uh, to the cabinet room i said president bush you look wonderful and he said i feel wonderful i don't do anything i don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> then i rushed out to greet uh president carter and roseland and i took them to the press stations that were out on the lawn then I went up to the Blue Room where President Clinton had Arafat and Rabin make their first and only handshake. They had never sh uh, shaken hands with each other. And uh, Rabin said, okay, but no kissing. <laughs> <laughs> They managed to do that, and of course they had the peace signing on the lawn, and they um, signed the papers, but they're still warring terribly over there. Was Reagan there? No, no, no. Reagan was not, when we got to the White House, he was not going anywhere. He was not doing well. How many times did President Clinton have the other presidents to the White House? Not that often, really. It I didn't had think to be, anybody ever did that. Well, it, oh, yeah. If it has something to do with uh, foreign affairs that perhaps they were involved with, because mm -hmm. I remember having President uh, Ford and Carter, and um, I can't Not remember what, what all the events were, mm -hmm. but we had them uh, two or three times. 
But that evening of the peace signing, Mm -hmm. all four presidents, Ford, Carter, Clinton, Bush, and Bush, stayed overnight at the White House, which I think was the first bucket party at the White House for presidents. (laughs) (laughs) Who got to stay in the Queen's room? Well, I don't know. Oh, I was up there. I was up there all evening with This them, is so hosting. you. She won't tell you anything. You're the most tight-lipped person. <laughs> so you had the president's ear. Were people always trying to ask you to do stuff? Oh, all the time. All and the, the first time. ladies. You could oh, talk yeah. to... I mean, all the time. All you, the time. You had beepers on you at all, all times and phones and... The beepers all we had. Oh, so God. it was not... Uh, communication was much slower. Um, but people for instance, wanted Hillary to speak all over the country at different things. and uh, But I, I got, I worked it very well because the, I would just say, you must send in a request, which would go to her, um, which would go to her staff. And then she and the staff would make that decision. But I would act, I'd make them think, oh, that's wonderful. I know she would love to do that. But it'll depend upon, you know, her schedule and so on and so forth. Who was your favorite? They had lots of movie stars. They oh, were, we did. I know. Oh, Who was your favorite movie star? Or can you say, because that's probably not, you probably wouldn't say she's my favorite. But who I was wouldn't. someone you really liked? Well, there were so many. I'll tell about one particular event. The White House has a 120-seat theater. The president is afforded any movie he would like to see. First movie we had uh, starred Paul Newman. Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward came with oh. Newman popcorn and Popper. Oh my! And they gosh. had so much fun popping popcorn in the White House kitchen. Later, we watched an American President, where Michael Douglas played the French played the president at a French state dinner in the movie. He could not attend the movie. But we had a French state dinner a little later on, and he was invited as a guest. He came alone. I greeted him and took him to get his dinner card. He got it, and he looked at me, and he said, I am so nervous. What do I do now? And I said, well, why don't you just pretend like you're acting in a movie? And he smiled, and I handed him off to a a beautiful little social aide who escorted him up to the East Room. Uh, The bugle sounded hail to the chief. The presidents and first ladies descended the staircase, preceded by a color guard. They took pictures and greeted their guests. When Michael Douglas walked up, the president stepped out, He took his hand and swished him over next to the French president. I think State Department and protocol were about to faint. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Douglas said, did you like the movie? And, of course, he said he loved it. But then all of the guests are seated in the dining room. The presidents and first ladies enter the dining room. The press scurry in and take their pictures as they toast. Then they leave. A five-course dinner with wine is served, complete with each table served a lofty marjapan Eiffel Tower with ice cream cake and sugar-frosted fruit. My gosh. The Air Force strolling strings surround the dining room playing beautiful music, and they proceed out into the cross hall playing music. The butlers join them with great big silver trays with demitasse and liqueurs as the guests proceed for entertainment in the East Room. And it might be Yo-Yo Ma, it might be uh, Renee Fleming, uh, Aretha Franklin, uh, tango dancers, on and on and on. That's just one night. That's just all that. That's 30 times. <laughs> that's, we 30, 30 state that's 30 estate dinners. All right. We are out of time. Ann McCoy, I love you. I love you too, Carrie. Next week, we're going to have the first uh, lady, Susan Hutchinson. I know. Uh, And uh, 
I think it's time for us to go. If uh, thank you to my listeners out there, you, you who might have, if you have a gr- think you might have a great entrepreneurial story that you'd like to share, send a brief bio and your contact info to Carrie at flagandbanner.com, and someone will be in touch. And last to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. If you think this program's been about you, you're right, but it's also been for us. Thank you for letting us fulfill our destiny. Our hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it whatever it is will help you up your business your independence or your life i'm carrie mccoy and i'll see you next time on up in your business until then be brave and keep it up you've been listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy a production of flagandbanner.com if you miss any part of this show or want to learn more about uiyb go to flagandbanner.com and click on radio show or subscribe to her weekly podcasts wherever you like to listen All interviews are recorded and posted the following week with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal? To help you live the American dream.